All Around the West, Episode 2, Rosebud and Little Bighorn. Hey everybody, it's Scott and Sue from allaroundthewest.com. Today we visited two battlefields in Montana. One you've probably heard of, that's Little Bighorn, and one you probably haven't, that's Rosebud. These were part of the Indian skirmishes that happened in Montana, and I'm, I'm not so much up on all that that was happening, but Sue knows a little bit more about that, I think. So they're part of the Plains Indian uh, Wars that occurred in the mid-late 1870s, and uh, Battle of Bighorn, of course, 1876, so it was Rosebud. Um, it was an effort by the federal government, the U.S. Army, to force the Indians um, to the agencies, what we'll call reservations now. They called them agencies back then. Mm-hmm. And um, in order to allow, you know, homesteading on the land and to try to keep them under control so that they weren't attacking homesteads, attacking wagon trains. I guess the Indians didn't like that much. No, they did not. And... Um, so, part of uh, the ca- the campaign in the summer of 1876 uh, was an effort to um, really get back at the Native Americans. They were very unhappy at the ex- previous expedition, the um, earlier into the Black Hills. They were upset that the U.S. government was wanting to get the Black Hills, even though the treaty had been signed to keep the Black Hills in Native American control because it was safer to them. So um, Chief Sitting Bull and Crazy Horse were uh, probably familiar names to you. They were the ones who were um, kind of uh, controlling the, the free Indians that weren't on the agency, and those are the ones, the Lakota Sioux, uh, well, several different Sioux bands and Cheyenne who were free. <clears throat> so, the Battle of the Rosebud, that's a state park. Yep, Montana. You got it costs $5. It's open, I think, till dusk, I think. Cost costs $5. And we actually found out, as we visited another state park, that there's a, if you're out of, if you're a Montana resident, you can get a, a yearly pass by paying a few extra dollars with your vehicle registration. But for out-of-state visitors, for $25, you can have an annual pass to all the state parks. And there's quite a few in Montana. So that might be worth doing. So it's kind of off the road a little bit. Not not far, but a little bit off the road. And it's not a very big battlefield. But uh, there's some interesting stories that happened there. You cross some private land in order to get to it. And so um, that was kind of interesting. You're kind of in the backcountry, farmland all around, rolling hills. Yeah, some beautiful vistas from there. It's by Rosebud Creek. Yeah, there's a small uh, field, and then there's a a small loop that you can go on in your car just to kind of get a sense of the, oh, you know, what the train is, I suppose, and and what it kind of looked like uh, for those that were involved in that battle. So one story uh, I thought that was interesting is uh, there was a Cheyenne warrior who, uh, did they have, give his name? 
I don't remember his name. I don't either. I don't, okay. Anyway, his his horse was shot out from underneath him, and you know, without his horse, he was he was uh, in, in deep deep trouble. And so his sister was also interestingly enough participating in the battle. And was that common back then? Was that common with the Indians that the sisters would be there too? It seemed unusual to me. I don't think she was participating in the battle. So observing. It sounded like she was observing. Observing. Okay. She jumped on her horse. Yeah. And Buff, Buffalo Calf Road Woman. Buffalo Calf Road Woman. And she, uh, you know, went through all the bullets that were just flying back and forth to where her brother was. He hopped on the back of the horse with her and they rode off. And the Cheyenne uh, tribe later, re to, they gave the name to that battle of Girl Who Saves Brother. Is that what it was? Girl Who Saved Her Brother. Girl Who Saved Her Brother. The Battle of Girl Who Saved Her Brother was what they renamed it. And she later fought with her husband. So she did fight. Said yeah, there, fought with her husband at Little Bighorn later. So that was interesting. Um, and the other part that I thought was interesting is, and maybe, I don't know if you have anything that you think is, it was interesting about this, but the, uh, what was the general's name? Or the Crook. colonel? It was it General, General Crook? Crook? General Crook. So after, the, it was kind of a draw, right? The, nobody really won. And just kind of, as the evening came on, everybody was tired. And right, they fought all day. All day. Yeah. Finally, yeah. both retired from the field. Right. Tired. Tired. It's and getting dark. General Crook decided that he'd had enough and his men had had enough, so he took them back to Sheridan. I don't think he was supposed to do this because it said some of the other generals around didn't realize he was doing this. Took his men back to Sheridan for rest and resupply. And had he still been there, he might have been able and been where he was supposed to be, he might have been able to help um, General Custer or Colonel Custer at that point. Had a little bighorn with that battle, but because he wasn't there, they were vastly overwhelmed at that battle. And um, another note: historians have noted that he he was surprised at the size of the um, Cheyenne contingent and how hard they fought, and um, that also played into his decision to stay in Sheridan. He was a little shook up about that. Mm. Um, the U.S. Army, the cavalry, never really expected the Native Americans to fight. Mm, to resist uh, so much. To resist and so much. Fight so fierce. Interesting. Right. And then, of course, at Little Bighorn, they were victorious. So. All right. So that was Rosebud Battlefield State Park. And then we left there, and we drove up the road a bit, and then over to the west a bit. And we went to Little Bighorn National Monument, Monument right? Mm -hmm. This is something that Sue's wanted to go for for won't go to for a long, long time, and we we finally put it on our list of things to do on this trip, didn't we? Mm -hmm. And so that's quite a bit bigger. It kind of, in some ways, reminded me of going to Gettysburg. You know how they had things just laid out and tell you where the you know the um, you know, they had the markers and everything to show where people had been killed. And, and that was a little different than Gettysburg, where they showed all, all the different uh, um, platoons and squads and everything was. But still, it was a battlefield, and they showed showed things, you know, where people, they, where they had found remains. 
and had a lot of maps and guided tour kind of things to, to show all that. The National Park Service is good about having yeah. interpretive markers and trail trail guides. And, yeah. So that cost to get in also, I don't remember. We had a, an annual pass, so I don't remember looking to see what what uh, the cost for that was. Uh, it was hot again that day, and there wasn't as many trails as it was um, as there were maybe in some other places that we've been, but there was some trails to go on. And so once again, you know, you should bring, be prepared, uh, bring plenty of water, uh, bring, uh, you know, a hat, sunscreen, that type of thing, so you don't get burned and you have enough water to drink. Um, there's a national cemetery there, which is was used to uh, bury a number of the uh, soldiers from the, the battle, I think, right? And they, some of them from that battle are buried there? No, no not there in the wasn't there. Cemetery. there. Oh, that's there right. Are soldiers that from this area. That's right, from the area. Yeah, from who different had, forts. From different forts, that's right. And, and their family, mm-hmm. right. And then they said and World, then later. World War II and Korea and Vietnam, yeah. Mm-hmm. So where is everybody buried that in the, in the battle? Under the obelisk. Under the obelisk. They were reinterred. That's and right. Buried there. Yeah, that's right. So anyway, there's a national cemetery. If you have never been to a national cemetery, it's quite a sight to see all the uh, white headstones lined up in you know such an order. It is. I've lived several places where there's been national cemeteries. We've lived several places yeah. where there's been national cemeteries. So that's quite a sight if you haven't seen that. So this battlefield's divided into kind of two sections with an uh, auto tour in between um, the area farthest away is the Reno Benteen battlefield which uh, is the earlier part of the battle so if you want to see experience the uh, events of June 25th and June 26th 1876 chronologically you would drive all the way to the end of the auto tour and start there um, because that's uh, Major Reno's retreat up over the Little Bighorn River and up to the ridge and the fighting there and overnight. So there's a there's a trail there with a trail guide. Yeah, make sure you get the trail guide. <laughs> there was a whole bunch of people there standing. We didn't realize there was a trail guide and didn't get it. And and uh, help, the trail guide is really helpful. Yeah, so we walked all around that and we kept seeing markers and um, Not knowing what they meant. Because, oh, why isn't there a trail guide? And then when we got back, we saw, oh, whoops, we missed the trail guide. So we sat and read the trail guide and realized, you know, where pretty much where everything was, remembered the markers. So make sure you pick up a trail guide before you go because there were a lot of interesting things where the hospital was, uh, hospital area was, where the wounded were taken care of because they were there for um, two days and, and a night. So it's worth going on that trail, I think. I think so, too. Yeah. yeah. Get the trail guide and, sit and go through it. The um, Medal of Honor area. Mm-hmm. Um, the, there were three doctors at uh, Little Bighorn. Two were killed. The one that was left set up this hospital area there and uh, finally told um, Colonel Benteen that we have to have water. And so they asked for volunteers, and some volunteers uh, went down in a ravine. It's quite a ways away. Yeah, I'm, quite I mean, a ways away. Quite a ways away and quite a, quite a ways down. Yeah. With Indians crawling over. Right. I mean, your enemy, you know, yeah. at that point. To try to get to the water, yeah. And so um, they were 
they made it back with canteens and kettles and they were um, they received the Medal of Honor for um, going under fire and there were sharpshooters trying to protect them anyway it was yeah it was quite interesting all that whole area worth, yeah. worth walking it's not super strenuous it's paved and that and uh, there's a uh, some great views from there to see kind of the lay of the land and to see how uh i mean you could see down to the river which river was it i don't remember what was the name of the river little bighorn little bighorn and uh uh you know a place where the indian encampment was and all the way over to the mountains where some of custer's scouts first found you know where the indians were encamped and it's and they talk about montana being the big sky country you'll get a sense of that here mm -hmm. by seeing those i'm all about the geography and um, it is interesting when you yeah. look at it in that terms because that i mean I, when you go to a battlefield really it's it's all about the ground because battles are often battle places are often chosen by the ground and the events that happen during the battle are often dictated by the ground greatly affected huh? and, yeah yeah and yeah. so you can see that yeah you it's it's interesting to read about battles but you can't get a sense of what really happened and why until you're standing on the ground and you're looking around and you realize oh and it makes yeah, sense then that's huh? a that's a big deep ravine oh i see there's the you know river that's one reason why i like tromping around battlefields <laughs> with maps <laughs> yeah same thing as when we went to gettysburg i remember we did that a lot looking at the at the um the geography and, and we did that here we, we i remember one point we had gone walked on this um, trail down to that deep ravine where some of custer's men tried to take refuge right tried right. to tried to hide it's a trail that comes down from the visitor center yeah and and there was a point where you you were down in there and we looked back up and we could not see the hill where the big battle that that where, where custer was trying to hold hold all hold the indians off they were attacking him and you, you couldn't see that up there. So, I mean, that means that the Indians could have crept up unseen from the, from the top, right? They wouldn't, mm -hmm. People at the top would not have been able to see them. And you don't get a sense of that, even from the top, because you can't really see. You don't know what's hiding behind, right? Mm -hmm. That's the whole point. Right. And, but from down below, you could see that. It became very obvious. And you could see how um, the Indians used that to their advantage sure. as they crept up and, and all sorts of kind of knolls and little small hills and that type of thing is you know leading up to the top where general custer's last stand was yeah it's amazingly undulating country yeah yeah i i was surprised until we were standing yeah. there and hiking around how much how it rolls and how high and low the rolls are yeah yeah makes a big difference yeah quite interesting so at the so at the other end then so I said go down to the mm. far end as you drive back then you end up at the visitor center and then by um, the Custer's Last Stand hill and there's a trail the Scott was just mentioning that goes down to the deep ravine they call it there's a trail guide make sure you get that and um, there at the Custer's Last Stand hill there's an obelisk where uh, soldiers remains were reinterred and. I don't know, 1881 or something, um, and buried in a mass grave underneath the obelisk, and then their names are all inscribed there. 
And then there's also um, a fenced area with uh, that kind of goes down the hill with markers, marble markers all in it, where the people that were there with Custer uh, kind of marks where they found the bodies, where they all fell. So you can stand at the top of the hill again and look down and see, you know, they were at the top. It's it's a little small hill. I mean, it's a tall hill, but it's a small area at the top. And they're pretty trapped there. Uh, you can see the ridges behind. So quite, yeah, quite interesting. And as they found, uh, or as they find, I suppose, continue to find remains in different parts of the the area, they will put a marker there all right. over. So you can see markers all across the valley, sometimes just one or two, sometimes a group of them where you know they were they were able to find a number of of uh, remains. And white and red. White and red markers. markers, yeah. White markers for the white men and red markers I suppose for the Indians. It's interesting that they chose that huh yeah I thought yeah. that was an interesting cultural thing but anyway yeah. yeah there are red markers that were put up in the 90s for um, the different places where um, the Native American where they could document that Native Americans had fallen so right across the road from the obelisk which was kind of uh, memorializing the army the people from the army who were killed there is a monument to the Indians, right? Uh, yeah, Spirit Memorial. Spirit Memorial, and there's a, a famous, um, what do you call it, statue? It's an, it's an iron sculpture. Iron sculpture, yeah, an iron sculpture. Spirit but, Warriors. Spirit Warriors there. And you can actually see that from the highway as you're driving in. If you're driving in from, I think it was 212, uh, you can see that from the highway. And that's interesting as well. And it's um, there in a round, a round circle that symbolizes the spirits of the soldiers um, can join with the spirits of the warriors going to the afterlife. That was quite touching and interesting. So one interesting thing was that the name of this national park, uh, sorry, park monument, monument, was changed in, I don't know what, what year it was. In but the early 90s. Early right? 90s. It was changed from Custer, Custer Battlefield, Battlefield yeah, to, to Little Bighorn Battlefield. Kind of to take, I assume, to take away the, to take the focus off of Custer and his um, his last stand to to all those who fought there. Mm -hmm. um, so that was interesting. I thought. Yeah. So if you are a history buff, if you want to drop around some battlefields, it's super fun. Yeah. Around here's here's a couple in uh, Montana. Uh, that you you could visit, and uh, I highly encourage you to do that. It uh, it's something that, as I said, Susan had on her list for a long time, and uh, you won't regret it. So that's all we have for today. This is Scott and Sue from AllAroundTheWest.com. Where's your next adventure? <laughs>